You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. of Locked on Ravens. We have Locked on Texans here with John Hickman. I am Kevin Mostriker, and we have a great episode today. This Texans-Ravens game is going to be one of the most electrifying of the week, maybe of the season. These two stud quarterbacks coming at each other, two solid defenses and good running games for both. John, how are you doing today? Doing great. Doing well. Thank you guys for having me. Well, thank you for having me with Locked on Ravens. I'm excited to talk football more importantly, talk about two guys that are revolutionizing the game in their own style of play. Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Action Jackson, the Jumpman Watson, I like to call him, <laughs> since he's being compared to Jordan. So uh, I'm, I'm ready. John, I want to talk to you first about something that happened in the offseason here for your Texans, and that was the trading for Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills kind of mortgaging a bit of your future to get these guys maybe would put you over the top, the Texans thought. How have those guys been paying out? Has it been a worthwhile trade, do you think? Or is there a little more to be desired from those guys? Absolutely godsend, especially when you look at Larry Tunsil. He's only given up one sack this year, I believe. At the most, it'll be two. Now, he does have in, uh, issues with the penalties, and he's talked about that. He's, he's, he's focusing on correcting those mistakes with the penalties. But let's face it. The future is going to be with who? Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson was sacked 63 times last season. I don't know about you, but we've seen quarterbacks who are healthy make the most of nothing around them. You look at some of the talent that Tom Brady has had to play with throughout the years. Look what he had to play with this year. He was 8-0 up until the Ravens knocked him off, had a very injured Riddle, Antonio Brown is here. No, he's not here. Josh Gordon, mm-hmm. things of that nature. Demarius Thomas, we've seen him to New York. Nikhil Harry, our first-round draft pick. He doesn't. He's not playing. Don Brady is a guy who has made players look better than what they were and continue to play well. I think the future, above all, is protecting your quarterback. And on top of that, we've had issues with Will Fuller in the past with his injuries, and Kenny Steele has been able to step right in into a perfect role whether you want him to be a third option or whether Fuller is out and we need for him to step up to that second option. Kenny Stills is a guy who has been known in this league to make big plays. You look at some of his average yards per catch, 17, 18, 16. So he's able to get open, make those big plays. And absolutely, I think this has been a godsend trade. Yes, we gave up a couple first-round picks over the next few years in a second-round But if you're able to keep Deshaun Watson upright, I think it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you. The offensive line is a very unheralded, underappreciated position. And when you you can get a guy like Laramie Tunsil, who even the Dolphins got a good value with that gas mask incident, which made him slip all the way to the early middle of that first round. The Texans, I think, were able to look at their roster and say, look, Deshaun Watson, if he keeps getting hit like that, 
I mean, it's not going to be a long career for Deshaun. I mean, we talk about it with Lamar Jackson all the time. He can't be taking hits, and he's done a very good job of not taking hits. A lot of people don't really understand that. They might not have been watching a lot of Ravens film, Mm -hmm. and thus they're not looking and seeing that Lamar Jackson runs out of bounds. Lamar Jackson's offensive line has actually been pretty decent this year, considering the fact that they weren't considered to be a very solid group. Ronnie Stanley's one of the best pass protectors in the league. Marshall Yon is one of the best in the game at right guard, a Hall of Famer in my eyes for sure. The concern on the Ravens' offensive line was with the left guard in the center position. Matt Skura, who is the center, had a very down year last year in 2018. Out of Duke, didn't really take good angles, wasn't very fast on his feet, looks a little out of shape. He came in in the offseason, and he worked his tail off, and he has been a great addition to the Ravens' offensive line. Maybe not last year, but this year he's been a lot better. And then also Bradley Bozeman, who came out of Alabama as a center last year. The Ravens took him in the sixth round, and he kind of moved to left guard. The Ravens gave that job to Jermaine Illuminor, who really did everything in his power to give it up again, and they promptly traded him to the Patriots. Bozeman has taken that job, and while he struggled with penalties quite a bit, I do believe that he's been doing a great job on that offensive line, solidifying it for Lamar Jackson, and that's a key in this game for the Ravens. But, John, I want to ask you about the second big offseason move the Texans made, trading Jadivian Clowney to the Seattle Seahawks. Ah. That was a big one. The people ah. out there on Twitter, the critics, the analysts, didn't really think that the Texans got a lot of value for Jadavion. I mean, you can only do so much with a guy who's been holding out, has had a bit of injury concerns. He hadn't really been doing a lot in Seattle till that Monday night game. He had five tackles, one sack, that forced fumble. Were you on board with the Jadavion Clowney move then? And if you weren't, are you on board now? Absolutely not. And absolutely not. (laughs) And the reason why I would say that I was not on board is only because of what we received back. This is a guy... That in the last three years, he's been healthy enough. The thing about Jadavian is he will give you nine, nine and a half sacks, but he is so good at stopping the run. And I believe the issue with Clowney is he's so good at everything. He's he's good at getting at the quarterback pass rushing. He's good at stopping the run. He's good at making plays where he'll one game he will jump in the air catch your interception and run it back or he'll take a, a fumble to the house or he just does so many things at his position so well that there's not one focus that he's just necessarily great at and I think that's his Achilles heel a little bit but no matter what there was no way he should have been traded for a third round pick and two guys let me say something Kevin J.J. Watt went out a couple weeks ago right two guys Martin and Mingo we still haven't really seen them so that tells you if J.J. Watt goes down and Mingo, who's still on, on the uh, special teams, and Martin, who's not really on the field, that tells you a lot about the trade itself. So, no, I was never, I was not on the board with it. And after last night, I definitely wasn't on board with it. So the trade itself, I mean, we, we saved a bunch of money, and we really hadn't seen that much of a difference with or without Jadavian because he hasn't been week in and week out balling like he did against the 49ers. And for the most part, the Texas defensive line in front seven has been doing a, a okay job of getting after the quarterback. You look at Merciless starting the season off really well. Watt got some games in. DJ Reader, Carlos Watkins got a couple in. Uh, even the first game without Watt, we had three sacks, which is the first game we had a sack in a while. We were able to get after the quarterback, but not actually get him down. So after seeing that, well, Watt is gone, and Martin and Mingo is not on the field. Well, how do we look now? Oh, 
to make it worse, Jadavion just had one of those type of games that we think we can see for him week in and week out. Never on board with that trade, Kevin. No, and something that, you know, was a little similar for the Ravens in terms of outside linebacker production, you mentioned sacks. The Ravens have struggled with sacks this season. The Texans right now, they've been doing they've been doing decently well. Not great, but not terrible either. They're tied for 21st in the league with 21. The Ravens, on the other hand, are 29th in the league with 16. And part of that is because the team lost to Ralph Suggs and Zadarius Smith in free agency. Both were moves that, at the time, people were actually on board with. Darius Smith got a huge contract from Green Bay. He had a good contract year with the Ravens, and exactly, he's balling right now. He has eight and a half total sacks right now, something that was unprecedented because mostly when, when players leave the Ravens in free agency, they usually don't do very well. That's just been the theme over the years. Well, Zadarius Smith has been an exception to this. Also, Terrell Suggs went home to Arizona. He has five and a half sacks. You add those two up, that's 14 sacks just between the two of them. Now, the Ravens as a team only have 16. So you kind of wonder where that production was lost. They're relying on some young guys here with Tyus Bowser, Jalen Ferguson. They actually currently only have three healthy outside linebackers on the roster at the moment, with Matthew Judon being the third. Judon currently leads the team with four sacks. The team lost Pernell McPhee to an arm injury a few weeks ago. He was actually performing decently well. He came back from Washington, and he signed a huge contract with Chicago after being on the Ravens Super Bowl team. And here's a guy who came back, worked back into shape, worked his way into the starting lineup, and was good. You mentioned Jadavian Clowney doing a lot of things with the Texans in terms of run, in terms of passing situations. Well, McPhee did all that stuff for the Ravens. He was very good with his swim moves, being able to attack inside while also being an outside presence. So it's been difficult for the Ravens to generate outside pressure, and they've also been having trouble generating it from the inside as well. Ever since that week four blowout loss to the Browns where he lost 40-25, to they knew something needed to be done about this defense. And what they did was ever since week four, they've had 10 defensive additions. They've reworked almost a third of this defense. They've gotten players like Josh Bynes and LJ Fort, Jihad Ward. They actually just signed Demata Pecco and Justin Ellis yesterday in order to shore up that defensive line because Michael Pierce might actually miss this Texans game with an ankle injury. So they're trying to get their depth up front back. They just activated Iman Marshall off of injured reserve. You probably heard about the Marcus Peters trade when he came over from Los Angeles. He has two pick sixes in three weeks. The Ravens general manager, Eric DaCosta, in his first season has shown that he is going to be aggressive. And if things aren't working out, he's going to shake things up until they do. And that's exactly what this Ravens team needed. And now they're slowly climbing the ranks of the defense. But what's been carrying them, what I'm excited to talk about in the next segment, is that Ravens offense started by Lamar Jackson. You know, the Ravens over the years have been heralded as that defensive team, that Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, you know, Terrell Suggs, Adelius Thomas, Bart Scott, all those guys. But now you're starting to hear the offense pick up for the Ravens. And when we when we get back, we're going to be talking about all that. So I'm excited, John. I'm excited, too. And, of course, I heard about that Marcus Peters trade. Everybody did. And I think that <laughs> helped the Ravens out tremendously. What I'm more excited about is to tell you guys about Blue Chew. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, please. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night. 
even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up as twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. No waiting, guys. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. Don't be cheap. My dad always said, don't cheat yourself, treat yourself. And $5 for a free Bluetooth package I think is worth it. Bluetooth.com, promo code MLB to try for free. Bluetooth is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring Locked On Texas and Locked On Ravens. And I'm here to talk to you about DoorDash. If you had a long day at work or a tough day at school, or if you're still stuck at the office, you should treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada, order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, or even the Cheesecake Factory. Don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Don't forget, that is promo code LOCKEDON for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. Welcome back to the second segment of this Locked on Ravens and Locked on Texans crossover Wednesday. Kevin Oshiker still with you here with John Hickman of Locked on Texans. And now it's time to get into the game. The Ravens offense against the Texans defense. It's going to be a good one. Uh, offense leads the world, right? You look at what's <laughs> going on in the NFL. You have to put up points. That's what made the Rams so good last year. That's what has made the Patriots so good week in and week out and year in and year out, rather. Offense, points, and right now the Ravens are getting it done. Whether they want to beat you on the ground, which that's what they're doing majority of the time, leading the league in rushing yards per game, or if they want to trick it out and get the tight ends involved, get Hollywood Brown involved. The offense right now for the Ravens has been outstanding. Let's talk about the offense and what they've been able to do compared to the Texas defense and how they're going to be able to stop the Ravens' offense, Kevin. It's, it's, it's extremely hard to be stopping this Ravens' offense week in and week out. I mean, you heard Bill O'Brien yesterday say that there's really no way you can simulate this offense, what the Ravens have been doing with Lamar Jackson, with Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, a change of pace back. They have Hollywood Brown, the first-round receiver out of Oklahoma, who is just a speedster. He can require multiple safeties to be taken out of that box. That was what kind of did the Ravens in last year. You kind of heard the narrative that the Ravens' offense could be figured out. Lamar Jackson can't throw the football. Lamar Jackson can throw the football. I just want to put that PSA out for everybody there right now. Lamar Jackson currently has the fourth best QBR in the entire league with a 76.2. He has 2,036 yards passing with 15 touchdowns and just five interceptions. But really, I like to call that one interception. He made a really bad read against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which resulted in a bad interception. But on his other interceptions, there was a pass interference on one that wasn't called. Two of them were tipped up in the air. And there was a third one where his arm got knocked. There were a lot of unfortunate interceptions for Lamar Jackson, but what we've seen from year one to year two in terms of the passing game for him, he's improved his mechanics. He's improved his ability to read defenses, his ability to go through his reads without being under pressure, and his ability to stand in the pocket. Sometimes when the pocket collapsed on Lamar Jackson last year and it was just beginning to collapse, he would be out of there and scrambling for maybe four or five yards. Now he's able to stand in there a little bit more, and that's dangerous because the defense collapses in on you 
And instead of having linebackers being waiting for Lamar Jackson, they have to go out and they have to cover somebody because, as you know, John, it's hard for these secondaries to cover for four, five, six seconds or else someone's just going to get open. It's just how it is. It doesn't matter how good your cornerbacks are, how good your secondary is. Lamar Jackson has been finding people left and right. Hollywood Brown, I mentioned. Mark Andrews has been one of his favorite targets. He can do so many things on the ground and also through the air. Right now, the Ravens as a whole have the second best offense in terms of yards per game in the league, trailing only the Dallas Cowboys. Baltimore has 421.7 yards, while the Cowboys stayed at 437.4. They also have the best rushing offense in the league at 197.2 yards. San Francisco comes in second there with 161.8, averaging 5.5 yards per carry which leads the league. They're running the ball 35.8 times per game, which is actually second to San Francisco. But they will pound the ball down any team's throat, wear them down, and then make sure that Lamar Jackson is have that immense touch he has great touch on his deep throws he's starting to throw the intermediate routes a little better he's had a sidearm sling to mark andrews last week i mean it's been so exciting to watch lamar jackson improve this year and this game against deshaun watson it's the ultimate matchup of quarterbacks yeah and the thing about this ravens offense is running the ball that's controlling the clock they lead their opponents for the most part in time of possession. Once they have the ball and once they're in control, it's hard to take it away. And not only that, their tight ends mean so much to this offense. And it's not just one guy. For the most part, Andrews is the guy. But as a whole right now, on their wins, in the wins this year, 783 yards, six touchdowns. That's coming from their tight end core. Whether it's Andrews, whether it's Boyle, whether it's Hurst, they're all getting it done. And the fun part about it is they have lineups, packages, where all three are in this game at one time. And it's confusing. Some Are they going to run it? Are they going to play action? What are, they, what are they going to do? Harbaugh has done a great job at, number one, playing to the strengths of his team. And not just Lamar Jackson, the entire team. And what does that mean? Well, they know they want to run the ball because if they run the ball, that wears down their opponents. We have Mark Ingram in the backfield. We have Lamar Jackson. We're going to put our tight ends up front. We're going to add some extra bodies to throw off and beat you at the line of scrimmage. Oh, you think you got that figured out? Hey, Andrews, I need you to play action real quick. Hey, Hurst. I need, hey, Boyle. Hey, Lamar. They're so good at what they're good at that it's causing issues for every team outside of two, and I'm still scratching my head at that Cleveland Brown loss. I thought they were going to run away with that one, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. This team is so good. On top of that, above all, and this is why I'm going to bring in our defense here in Houston, the key word for defense, where well, it starts with a D, and that's discipline. Mm-hmm. The Houston Texans have to be disciplined. Why? You mentioned Lamar numbers through the air, right? Yeah. 2,036 yards, 15 touchdowns, and then he has six on the ground with 702 rushing yards. That's more than a lot of running backs right now. That's more than Matt Breida. That's more than running backs right now. Oh, by the way, when we look at broken tackles at 702 rushing yards, you would think that you know, he's, he's somebody's hitting him. At some point, he's getting hit. Lamar Jackson has one broken tackle. So you know what that tells me? That tells me he is faster and quicker at getting to his spots and getting to his lanes. And if we as a whole, because we don't have J.J., we know he's out for the rest of the year, talked about Jadavian Clowney, who's gone. 
So merciless, we just signed Heat back. Carlos Watkins, if he plays, DJ Reader, Cunningham, uh, the McKinney, all of those guys, they have to fill their lanes as fast as possible. Do not overplay when you are pursuing to Lamar Jackson because if you overplay, he will make you pay. That is how good he is. There's right now, there's nobody as good as him, maybe outside of players like Dalvin Cook or Christian McCaffrey, which are actually running backs. And I'm not saying he's a running back because I, I've denounced that the moment <laughs> I saw him play at Louisville. What I'm saying is he's just on another level right now at getting to his spots and getting to there quicker than anybody else. He's like a good mid-range shooter. He knows where he wants to go, and you can't simply stop it. It's unbelievable to see what Lamar Jackson has done. And if it's okay with you, John, I'm going to read out some for, some stats for you because Lamar Jackson just finished up his 16th career start, which would equate to a full season. In terms of his first 16 career starts, Lamar Jackson has had more wins than Patrick Mahomes, had more rushing yards in his first 16 career starts than LaDain Leon Tomlinson did in his, had a higher passer rating in his first 16 career starts than Tom Brady, had a higher yards per attempt in his first 16 career starts than Aaron Rodgers, and had a higher completion percentage in his first 16 career starts than Drew Brees. There's so many things that Lamar Jackson is not credited for in terms of being a passer. And you mentioned it. The running People have been calling him a running back. Charger scouts asking him to change the wide receiver. I mean, I thought that was the ultimate form of disrespect because I was on board with this guy becoming the Ravens' starting quarterback ever since I saw him as a sophomore at Louisville, just like you alluded to. You saw him at Louisville and you saw his talent. I mean, he's a lot to stop. And the Ravens ride that running game, but... The Texans have actually been doing a decently good job at stopping the run, only giving up 84.1 yards per game on the ground, yes. which ranks third in the league. How do you expect this Texans defense, aside from the discipline you mentioned, to be able to stop Lamar Jackson in this Ravens running game? Because all the looks they present look the same. You must win the line of scrimmage. If you do not, if you allow these llamas to get a push, whether it's a half of an inch, it's going to be a long day. Now, the good thing about it is the Ravens – Offensive line, they're, they're pretty decent. They have a guy here, a guy here that stands out. Or maybe this side is being more carried because of the le left tackle. Maybe the left guard isn't that good or things are like that. But as a whole, they're a pretty good bunch. This is going to cause for DJ Reader on the inside to really have one of those games, which we've seen him have before. This is going to cause for Whitney Motionless. When you are rushing the, 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 the pass rusher, or when you are making these plays, we need the Merciless from the first four weeks of the season. As of late, Merciless has kind of been of a where is he guy. We need our linebackers to fly and pursue. The, the, but the line of scrimmage is where this game will be won or lost for both teams. The line of scrimmage is one of the most important parts, and that's why having a good offensive line for this Ravens team is so important because if not, Lamar Jackson's getting hit more often. There are not a lot of rushing lanes. This Ravens offense is tailored to what Lamar Jackson can do, and that's why he and the Ravens have been so successful this year. John Harbaugh bought all into what Lamar Jackson was doing, and now the Ravens are reaping the rewards of that. But when we get back, we're going to be doing a defensive preview, the Ravens defense versus that Texans offense headlined by Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. So stay tuned for that. But before we do that, Away creates thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on during checkout. 
Welcome back to the final segment of this Locked on Ravens episode. Kevin Ostreicher is still here with John Hickman of Locked on Texans. And we're going to jump right into the Ravens defense versus the Texans offense. Now, you mentioned the Texans were number five in rushing. How have they been so successful? Because Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde were some late offseason pickups. How did they make that work? We got guys that can block I don't think we have given enough credit to, or you know what? Not, I'm not going to say credit, just apologize for the, the scrutiny we gave our front office, whether it was Brian Gainbill or Brian or whoever, for drafting Howard. Howard has been amazing. You want to know who's been maybe even better? Max Sharpen, the rookie left guard. He's been amazing. We brought in Tunsil. And Carlos Hyde, this isn't surprising. It's just that he's healthy. We have a healthy, competent, more than competent offensive line, a healthy Carlos Hyde. And by the way, I know Duke Johnson is looking at his life from four months ago and saying, I'm so glad I got out of that situation in Cleveland. <laughs> He's been a guy that can run the ball and also catch out the backfield. Deshaun Watson, when he uses his legs, he can move around and do some stuff on the field, on the ground. So I think help and personnel, those are the two things that has really helped our offense. Hyde was a great late offseason pickup for the Texans. And I mean, as was Duke Johnson, Ravens fans and myself know what Duke Johnson can do playing him in Cleveland for a few years. He gave the Ravens some trouble on third downs. But when you look at the passing game for the Texans, I mean, it starts with Deshaun Watson, right? That's the bread and butter. 2,432 yards, 18 touchdowns of five interceptions, ranking fifth in QBR with a 75.1 rating. I mean, you also have to look at DeAndre Hopkins, the stud receiver out of Clemson, 68 receptions this season for 665 yards and four touchdowns. Now, the Ravens have some new players in the secondary here that we didn't have earlier in the season. Marcus Peters, we talked about. Jimmy Smith returned from an MCL injury a few weeks ago against the Patriots. The Ravens have some stud cornerbacks with Marlon Humphrey being, I think, one of the best, if not the best cornerback in the league at the moment, locking up receivers. You'll probably see him on DeAndre Hopkins for most, if not all, of this game. With the Texans, you have to be very careful because Deshaun Watson can scroll out of the pocket. I mean, he thought his eye was out of his socket when he got kicked on that one play through a touchdown pass. The guy can do so much on the field. I have to ask you here, John, what has Deshaun Watson done? How have you seen him improving? And how do you expect the Texans to attack this Ravens secondary that now has improved players on it? Yeah, uh, I will say this. Trading for Marcus Peters really put the Ravens in a position where I see them as a Super Bowl team now. Let's look at Marcus Peters. For one, in every new situation he's in, it just seems like he thrives. Am I right? When he first came in the league, his very <laughs> first pass thrown his way, by the way, that was by the Houston Texans, pick six. Let's look about what he did when he first got to L.A. He balled out. Now the in the last well, two out of three weeks, he's got a two pick sixes. So he thrives in new situations, different sceneries. I'm not sure where that comes from. But I will say this. The Houston Texans has an offense to beat this team. You mentioned Deshaun. You mentioned Hopkins. We mentioned Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde and what they could do in the backfield. But I will say this. I think the biggest component key matchup that I'm going to look at on both ends, but I'm going to specified for the Texans, it's a tight end matchup. Our tight ends collectively, whether it's just Atkins or Fells, just as a whole, they have done a great job this year, doing much much better in blocking this year, but just making plays, whether it's coming from an RPO option, when we're finding 
Atkins and he's able to do things or just working fails in the red zone and how dominant he's been in the red zone. There's games where he's only had 20 yards, but he has two touchdowns. The yards, we don't care about that. We want the score of points to happen. The tight end matchup is where I think it'll get fun. Marlon Humphrey, Jimmy Smith, who's back, Marcus Peters, those guys, are they're going to do their job. But moving forward, we had our bye week. I'm excited to see the revelation that maybe Kiki QT has. You know, he had been in the doghouse for the last couple mm-hmm. of weeks with Bill O'Brien. Uh, the last time we saw him and everybody in the city of Houston was just like, what is he doing? Was against the Kansas City Chiefs for the most part. Well, he ran the wrong w- route, which resulted in an interception. I'm expecting to see him back on the field. We need a lot of plays from guys like Kiki to be shifty and be able to get out in space. I want to see what Kenny Steele is going to do. You know, Kenny Steele is a guy that he just makes those big plays. He does it. It's in him. And then, of course, the guy who I think is the best receiver in the game right now, we may be overlooking it because he's not getting as many targets as he's gotten before. And Deshaun Watson has done a great job with spreading the ball out to all of his targets. But Hawkins is still that man. And I don't see any cornerback in this league outside of Jalen Ramsey that can really just go one-on-one with him and you made the comment about I think it's Humphrey playing the best corner in the league right now he's been no slouch he's been able to dominate at his position I just think right now the Texans they have a lot of weapons that they can hit you with with the Ravens on their offense they run the ball good we know that they're the best running team in the league and we know how good their tight end court is but the Texans we run the ball good. We're number five in the league. We know how good our tight end core, I believe, combined between Fells and Atkins, there are eight or nine touchdowns right there alone. And then we also have a great receiving core that we feature more times than I think our opponent Sunday, the Ravens, do. The offense has been very different from last year and even early on this year. And the reason why I think Tim Kelly, Bill O'Brien, they're doing a good job, a great job, actually of getting the ball out quickly. Once we're able to get some juice, you know how it is. You get those ju- those juices flowing, the receivers out in open space, get your quarterback going, don't always have to go for those big, long bombs. That has helped this offense out tremendously. We saw a kickoff against the Atlanta Falcons, then it just continues and continues. That's been the difference between Deshaun Washington this year, along with his ability to read defenses. I'm sure you remember the viral video of him breaking down the Carolina Panthers defense. What what a what a smart guy and what a good guy as well. You saw what Baker Mayfield did a few weeks ago in a media member asking him a question. Deshaun Watson, polar opposite. I mean, two great electrifying quarterbacks in this matchup here, but two great human beings as well. And I think that on the field, it's also a big impact. I mean, rallying around guys like Deshaun Watson, like Lamar Jackson gets easy when they're nice to you, when they're leaders on the field and off the field by example. But finally, John, I want to ask you about your final score prediction, because this game is going to be a good one. It's going to be electrifying, and I think it's going to be close. But I want to hear your perspective. How do you think this game shakes out? Final score prediction for this game, it's it's really hard to tell, Kevin. It may change. I'm going to go with 34-30. You know, man, I, I think we're going to get guys back healthy. Roby's going to be back. Gibson is going to be back. Lonnie Johnson Jr. should be back. We're going to get some healthy guys. And Garyon Conley has played phenomenal since he's arrived in Houston. Before these guys went out, they had our secondary looking very good. Now, you match that with the addition of Garyon Conley, 
I think our defense will be able to do some things if they stay disciplined and not get full of themselves. The Ravens did beat the Patriots, who has been the best defense in the league this year, and they did it convincingly, which brings me to the reason why I'm picking 34-30. I believe it'll be a shootout at some point. I'm going to go with Houston. Funny thing about it, this score won't – I believe I can stick with the same score, just a different winner. But I'm going to go with Houston. It's going to be a high-scoring game. I just feel it that way. And while the Texans have improved – and I totally get your reasoning for going with them. I mean, they're a phenomenal team. I have to go with Baltimore here. And I think a key advantage in this game is going to be where the game is being played. In Baltimore, Ravens' flock was absolutely insane in that game against New England. It was hyped up all week. The Ravens fans showed out for that one. The Ravens rallied behind their home fans, just like they rallied behind Lamar Jackson. They rallied behind those home fans. And I know that all the Ravens fans listening to us right now, John, some of them are going to go to this game, and some of them are going to be loud, and I hope all of them will be loud. But I think that where this game is being played, with the way that Lamar Jackson and this Ravens offense has been playing, with the way the defense has been stepping up in that secondary, if I had to give a final score prediction here, I'm going to go kind of close to you, but I'm going to say 31-28 to 28 Ravens. I think this is going to be all the way down to the wire, and Justin Tucker hits a field goal as time expires, are pretty close to it to win this game. That's where I'm going here. John, that's all I have today. And again, I want to thank you for coming on the show and having this wonderful conversation with me about a good football game and two good football teams. And more importantly, two great football quarterbacks. Thank you so yes. much, Kevin. Guys, Raven fans and Texans fans, of course, you can find me on Twitter at some sports guy with two eyes at the end. I'm currently in a wedding photo. I was in a <laughs> wedding recently, so I have my suit on. And for Texans fans and Ravens fans, of course, you guys follow him already. But if you don't, now you will. My man, Kevin R. Stryker, that's K-O-E-S-T-R-E-I-C-H-E-R 34 on Twitter. Give him a follow. Shout him out. All of the things above. John's looking pretty good in that Twitter photo, so go check it out. Go, go give him that follow. He deserves it. Some sports guy with two Ys. John, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much. Tomorrow, we are going to be talking about more things Ravens, so stay tuned for that, and I will see you tomorrow. You are Locked On Texas, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.